Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the sex witch, Maggie Lally. Yay! Yay! Hey guys. Welcome, Maggie. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on Laughing Your Mask Off. Um, <laughs> jumping right in, uh, tell us about your life your life story what led you here <laughs> my life story okay um well i'm from new york i i grew up in in harlem everyone's like what shocked to hear that um yes i grew up in 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 harlem like i've i've always been in new york i i always like did theater and stuff and you know i was obsessed with like musicals and like doing theater and all that stuff and then I, I guess I, yeah, I went to school for theater and that was really fun, you know, not super practical, but fun, you know, ultimately. And, um, then, yeah. And then I started basically, I performed a lot, did a lot of weird plays, weird experimental theater and stuff. And then I started getting into comedy, like, like five years ago around then started doing stand up and like musical improv and um regular improv and and yeah and then I'm just yeah and that's it <laughs> and that's the pod <laughs> Maggie Sally for you guys and we're fun thanks for being here um wait so you so you come through a background as an actor mm-hmm. how what like clicked where you were like I'm actually gonna be a comedian mm. well I think I um you know I loved I, I love performing and I did a lot of, you know, serious, um, drama, but I loved being funny and I liked doing like the, the comedic performances a lot more. So when I was in musicals and I was, you know, being dumb and stupid on stage, I, I really valued that a lot more than, you know, the serious stuff I was doing. And I think there was just a shift for me where I was doing some weird theater that I, uh, didn't write and I didn't really have any creative control over it so I just felt like I just want to write my own stuff and I just want to feel like I have creative control because I I have a sense of like what I like to see on stage and you know stand-up is and I also love performing all the time so stand-up is like the most easily accessible you know uh type of performance you can just do it all the time yeah and you're in control of it so that's basically why just having more creative control over what I'm doing instead of doing like a weird experimental play that makes no sense that my friends are putting on, you know, yeah, like randomly in it. Yeah. So yeah. has the music always been part of it for you? Like, were you going down a musical theater path or was it kind of like, oh, I do music and I do theater? Yeah, I think it wasn't it wasn't pure musical theater like you know, Broadway chorus line track. It was more like I did a lot of comedic acting. And then if I was in a musical, I could, I also sang, but I'm not really a dancer. Obviously. I mean, I, you know, like I can vibe, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but picking up choreography is not, is not easy for me. So it was more like I was doing comedic acting uh and serious acting and then I would be in a musical and I I could sing and that was kind of yeah that's what I did 
I would like to formally motion that we change actor who moves to I can vibe. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. I forgot that that's like what you put on your resume. Uh, movement or yeah, yeah. Strong mover. I just cross it out. Is that I a real thing? That people I say so. actor who moves? Yes. It is, yeah. <laughs> but wait, what? <laughs> that's like, I can kind of dance, but like I can't. Yes. Yeah. Why even put that? Are there actors who can't move? <laughs> yes, actually. There are ones that oh. it's like, oh, you shouldn't. Like, they are like, I will not touch dancing with like a 10-foot pole. It's like, yeah. it's like, I won't touch it with a five-foot pole, but like, give me time and maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do feel like, right. You want you want the casting director to know that you can like, maybe try, you know. <laughs> you're not you're not going to be good, but you will, you will try. <laughs> Wait, when I was a kid, because I, I did acting a lot as like a child, not a child, like into my teen years, but didn't like go to college for it or anything. But I went to theater camp and we did Thoroughly Modern Millie, but I did tap <gasps> lessons outside of like outside of school. And so I did the tap audition. So they put me in Thoroughly Modern Millie, which was like the big dance show with like the big tap numbers. But I was so bad. They put me in the back of the tap numbers and had me just like go like that. Like, <laughs> like, <with> my arms <laughs> around. Well, that's... Uh, that's a hard show that's like no and they're like really legit it's like a legit acting camp and I was like there with the kids were like trying to be on Broadway and I'm like I took tap lessons for eight months that's <laughs> like, so funny <laughs> put me in a legit production of Thoroughly Modern Millie yeah um it was well, yeah I remember I used to have like breakdowns like emotional breakdowns because I couldn't learn choreography I was like so mad at myself oh. when I was in musicals like in high school and they were like, try this move. And I'm like, I, I, I can't remember. I don't know. I, I'm freaking out. <laughs> but I could like learn the music and I could sing. So I was yeah. just annoyed. Yeah. That. And I would sort of overcompensate by like, yeah, being going down the route of actor who moves, you know, because I was like, well, I, I have the the spirit. No, that's what they would always say to me. <laughs> They'd be like, you've got the spirit, but not the technique. <laughs> so that was, that kind of encapsulates my vibe but should you be able to get there on spirit alone like don't you want a spirited who cares right. about the production it's all about the vibe personality is like half the, the battle yeah, yeah. yes exactly. who cares that they can dance as long as they're having fun that's what the it, professionals right. say that, that, exactly <laughs> he's a professional actor <laughs> that's so actually only one of the three of us who didn't go to acting school this is how <laughs> acting works that's like the mission statement of the new york city ballet we just like you to have a good time. <laughs> That's right. We're just out here vibing. Yep. <laughs> wow. I, I honestly love, I love watching ballet. I like to go, I like to like watch it on shrooms, you know? I love ballet. It's really fun. It's, it's so, so cool. cool. We're so great. I really like watching ballet um like videos muted while I listen to pop music or like rock music in my headphones. So it's like they're dancing oh, wow. to the Oh, that that's very right, neat. Carly. I work that's cool but it is like pretty soothing to watch um ballet yeah like I, I've I watched some videos too and yeah. uh, I like seeing it live too you can get pretty cheap tickets 
Yeah, my dad is a big supporter of like, I don't know, into like those kind of arts that people like don't really watch as much. And yeah. so we'll, we'll always go to like the ballet and it's like what they're doing. And it's like some really obscure ballet. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. And they're so <laughs> it's, like, no one's there. No offense, New York City Ballet. You guys are the best. But like, <laughs> no, it's, like, is no one there? Like, it's, like, it's not like a well. lot of the time, like aside from the Nutcracker, I don't think people go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was so cool. Yeah, it it's good. really cool this is a this is a shout out to everybody who's like what should I do in New York because Carly and I's laughing your mask off show isn't gonna happen for another two months um if you're like what should I do go to the ballet yeah and that's, that's really the unpaid unsolicited advertisement we should absolutely be sponsored by the New York City ballet. <laughs> we should <laughs> I think what's the vibe they're going for anyway um so we uh like to talk about comedy and stuff on here you have a show that you do, do. um that you started before the pandemic mm-hmm. could you explain everything sure so the uh, the show is called sex which the musical it's it's a musical storytelling show about my time as a teen witch it <laughs> 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 was so I you know I call it sex witch the musical because I think that's a hilarious title and it's also like intriguing and I think it makes people think oh maybe she's going to take her top off during this which I do obviously but I, you know, I wouldn't deprive people of that no but it's it's really more just a very it's a storytelling show about yeah me being a teen witch and it's a very weird specific story and I write music and play piano in it. And it's also a lot of like stand up and it's, it's, a, it's a very theatrical event. A lot of um, dramatic theatrics in it. So I did that. I did that um, before the pandemic, a bunch in New York. I did the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, took it to the French. It was great. And, awesome. Um, yeah, it was super fun. And then I was going to do it, you know, right as the lockdown hit I was going to do it in LA and in Chicago and it was and then I had it all set up and had my flights and everything and it was and then it was like this isn't happening so <laughs> I was oh, sad no. and then I sort of revamped it a little bit during the pandemic um and and doing it again and trying to tour it and have sh- I just did it in LA recently and yeah I hope that answers your question sort of that was like no that is a that did answer the question I also didn't really phrase it like um something that needed a direct answer (laughs) so I think you did a great job do is it it's a one-woman show so yeah it is it's a solo show and um yeah it's about it's like just under an hour and it's just really fun because it's I it gives me a chance because obviously I do stand up all the time. I love doing stand up, but it's like stand up is like, you know, 10 minutes or right and or 15 or whatever you're doing. And this is like I am in total control of what I'm doing the whole time. And it's like a lot of stuff that you couldn't necessarily do while you're doing stand up, you know, but it's like it's just like everything I want to see on stage is, is in it, you know, so awesome. very silly and weird and. Um, it's also kind of a dark story, but it's, there's a lot of shocking twists and turns. <laughs> <Nice>. yeah, <laughs> you guys should come see it. 
I yeah. literally will. I'm um, so excited. Is it? It's yeah. in New York. Yes, it's going to be at Asylum on okay. June 4th at 9:30, and there's a free dance party after. Ooh. We're there. We love to vibe. Yeah, um, we just come and vibe actors all the who time. Move only. <laughs> <laughs> Comics who move. Comics. <laughs> Comics who move. That's us. That's us. <laughs> that is us. Um. So you earlier you were like I did musicals. I'm like, but I want really, not really a musician. But you like wrote a musical. Explain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I wrote the music on piano. I mean, it's, it's simple piano, but it's enough, you know, for comedy is kind of what it is. Yeah. Like I, I wrote it kind of like, I, I remember I like wrote the show, like right after I got like fired from some corporate job and I was like, whatever, fuck this. No, so <laughs> then I like wrote it like in a coffee shop, like no one gets me, you know? <laughs> and then I just, just, it was in my head writing it. And then I would, with the melody in my head, and then I just would match it on piano. And yeah. that's, I guess how I did it. Yeah. So what was sort of the process for you between like, I have this idea, I'm going to write it and like actually getting it to be like a show. Well, I always do this thing where I just book a date at a theater and then I just write it. Cause then that gives you some, uh, accountability. Yeah. I always do that. I even did that for myself in July. I wrote, I booked a date on July 14th for a new show that I'm writing. So I'm like, I guess I have to write this. Um, you're never going to be re- ready really. So you might as well just like book it. Then you have, then you have the time frame to just write it. So I guess the first time I ever did it was at the pit for, uh, for the solo comp festival. And that's like a festival for solo shows. So I was like, Oh, I'll just apply to this. I don't really have anything prepared, but I sort of have an idea of what I want to do. And then I just wrote it in time for that. And that was kind of like a workshop performance. And then I just got, and then I just did it a bunch. I, that's honestly very brave. Um, but I support you 150%. Have you felt like comedy's influenced or writing standup has influenced your show writing process? Yeah. I mean, it definitely, to me, it's like number one priority is the show has to be funny. Like, it's like, yes, it's a solo show, but there's nothing worse to me than like a really experimental solo show that makes no sense and is like not <laughs> funny. Uh, because I think people will be like, well, I'm an artist, so I'll, you know, write this solo show that's like really depressing and really dark and really make no effort to make it entertaining in any capacity. So to me, I'm just like, okay, because I do comedy all the time, do stand up. It's like, it, there has to be like so many punchlines all the time, like constantly. Like, and that's a huge focus for the show. Like, yes, it's obviously like a storytelling show that's kind of dark, but I try to make it really funny throughout and just have like a, a lot of punchlines in there. So I hope that, I hope that they're there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will be the judge definitely, definitely coming the, um yeah. you mentioned before that pre-pandemic you took it to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival could you just tell us a bit more about your experience with them and just it was good it was right before the pandemic I'm so glad I did it then and I actually uh want to do it again not this year but the following year it was great I was there not for the whole month for, for two weeks and did a you know a ton of performances of, of the show it was a really great way to, to continue workshopping it. 
uh, it was really fun. I mean, a lot of people came out. It was, it's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of shows going on and it's, it's, it can be hard to make your show stand out. Um, but I, I would always, I mean, I, when I would flyer for the show, I would wear this like crazy gown, which, and, and just like flyer around the streets. And that was kind of like, I think the gown was memorable visually. So I think that helps people come. And um, yeah, it was really fun. I mean, it was just, it was a great way to like continue workshopping it and just to see if it, it worked in, you know, a different country and somewhat, you know, in a different context where these aren't my friends watching. Yeah. You know, these are people who I don't even know. And it, it went really well. And it like gave me a lot of ideas and it was very DI, DIY. Cause you know, I, right now I have the luxury of sort of having like all of this tech and I can sort of make it into this really theatrical experience. But when I was there, I was, I didn't have much to work with. So I kind of had to boil it down to the basics, but it was still, still really fun. Yeah. It's it's a good time. It's a good time. That's such an interesting point too, of like, does it work with people who are not your friends, especially because like, and a lot of things, like I I work in entertainment too. And a lot of things that we do is like, is this movie going to do well in? Yeah. like or is right. it too American and like I feel like that's such a thing I mean I haven't really experienced all of my comedy because I've really only been in the U.S. but like mm-hmm. that's such a thing like do jokes land in a different culture as well yeah um, yeah so that's a really interesting point yeah and I'm sure experience for you yeah it was cool and I mean I they did land and yeah I mean that's a thing that's that's that goes back to like I think it's way more impressive to be just like clarity, clarity. in that's like my, my number one goal is, is like being funny and being clear. Yeah. I, I don't like when you walk away from something and you're like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like people like, I think sometimes like really value like being ambiguous and I'm just like, I don't, I think that's lazy kind of, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways. So, yeah. And there's a lot of that at the fringe of like these solo shows where you're like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't really follow what was that that about, but it it was like artistic. So like, who cares? But it's like, I care. I want to understand what, what you're talking about. So that was another thing. Like clarity is super important to me and being simple and being, having it be digestible, I think is like more, I don't want to be like a challenging uh, piece of entertainment where people are like, I really had to think about on that. you know like I don't want them to have to think I want it to be so clear and ready and like just funny so yeah definitely um so the kind of overall theme of our podcast which we haven't even gotten to yet because we have so much to talk about so you're probably but our overall theme is how um the pandemic has affected comedy in the world of comedy you were doing your show before the pandemic and Mm -hmm. also stand up I think Mm -hmm. how did that how was that affected when the world all shut down I mean, it totally changed it completely. I mean, I, like I said, I was supposed to do it in a couple of cities, like, you know, in March, 2020. And then it that was shut down. I didn't do it um, online. Cause I was like, I don't want to do this on in my room, you know? Um, but I did a lot of zoom comedy, which was like, you know, it was whatever. I, I was not a huge fan of it, but I did do it. 
And I mean, I really just, I try to think how it changed. It's weird because I feel like in a lot of ways, the pandemic like never happened. I don't know. I know it did and I know it's still happening, but I do feel like (laughs) nothing's, nothing's that different. I thought I would come out of the pandemic being like, oh my God, I am a new, I'm a new woman. I, (laughs) I have figured things out about myself, but I I don't know if I did. Like I I definitely did a lot of writing and I wrote a lot and I was constantly trying to be creative throughout, but I, I really, I was definitely depressed because I couldn't do live stuff for a while. I was, I was like sad. And I think, I think the one thing, the one actual shift I do feel with the pandemic, like pre pre and post pandemic comedy wise is just, um, trying not to be too stressed about comedy and trying not to link all of, you know, my self-worth to external validation in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a big thing. I mean, comedy, like performance wise, I feel like everything's the same. It's like you go to, a, you go to a mic, everything's the same. It's like the pandemic never happened. Go to a show and it's, it's all the same, I feel. And, but I think I tried to work on myself in the sense that, okay, I can't really like be so um attached to how people see me in comedy yeah. I think that was a big thing for me emotionally also it's like it gives you kind of gave you a chance to be like, manage your time more it's like okay now you don't have to do like a million shows you can do something on the internet and that could blow yeah. up you know what I mean like it's kind of yeah. like and I, I, I mean, I, I really love like TikTok and Instagram and like doing characters on there. And it's just like, it's very fun. And it's something that you can spend your time doing and focus in, you can focus on that instead of like, I got to do seven shows tonight. And I think yeah. that that's also good. So the, those two shifts of like less external validation and then also, you know, focusing, redirecting your energy to like the internet because you have to. Right. And less about like being you know quality over quantity I'd say yeah it comes to like performing live yeah that's a good point we've even talked about it off the podcast which Mm -hmm. Catherine every time I say she's like Carly we've never spoken off the podcast before stop I don't I don't Carly and I like literally only know each other on zoom I don't we met on zoom we've only ever seen each other on zoom I she says these things like we talk off the podcast I've never met Carly that was such an unnecessary tangent (laughs) but I um what we've talked about before how the there's this whole energy where it's like you have to be doing 500 mics a week 500 shows a week and if that's not all of your time what are you doing but weirdly this time where things slowed down and they're actually wasn't the ability to do that you're like wait a second i might be able to actually write better and craft better material if mm-hmm. i figure out a system that works for me rather yeah. than like hitting a quota yeah. yes okay so I-, I agree with that and i feel like yeah i mean it also gives people a platform who uh, you know it's like hilarious people who are just doing stuff in their room and it's like this is great you know like think these people are so funny they and this just gives them a voice, which I think is cool. And yeah, it's very odd to me when I like encounter 
a comic who's like tiktok is dumb i'm like oh wow okay (laughs) really really like or it's like how can you be against social media you know if you're in performance at all or how can you still be of that mindset of like you gotta grind you gotta grind you know every night like out there doing mics it's like it's you have to realize like what's gonna be what's time well spent for you and I think the pandemic helped with that like yeah managing your time just thinking about what actually what do you actually want to spend your time doing you know yeah and it's also so funny because I feel like there is such a culture maybe and not in other cities you know because New York is such a grind city but like mm-hmm. there's such a culture of like well I did three mics today did you not do three mics today do you do oh, not yeah. every single day are you not performing every single night yeah and it's like yeah. I hit a point like and when you're surrounded by it you're like I need to do something every single night yeah. multiple you know like all night I need to be out seven mm-hmm. hours you know whatever and um but I feel like I also kind of hit a point like around the like like in the pandemic times of being like okay but maybe I should like focus on actually writing something good yes. and like you know having new material to run if I'm going to go to a mic as opposed mm-hmm. to like doing the same material that I know does well and yeah. I don't need to I don't need to run it by anybody else but like just to get the reps totally. in like, totally there's something to practicing but there's also like you know, I feel like jokes that I have is like set jokes that go on shows. It's like, I've yeah. done, like, I know they're fine. Like, yeah, totally. No, I agree. And also it's like, uh, that's one thing that I, st- I actually never go to mics anymore. I don't, yeah. I just don't because I, for me, I don't, I value, I value my mental health. <laughs> I can't, I like personal take. Yeah. I just really can't do it. I really, because you know what it is? It's like, okay, comedy can attract some, some odd people as I'm sure, you know. Um, and it's like, it's hard enough to like, you know, do well on stage and then also kind of manage the social aspect of it can be difficult as well. And then it's like, you're even, you're in even less control of like, who's around you when you go to a mic. And you know, then I just, yeah, I just, I eliminated that. That was one thing I was like, okay, post pandemic, I'm like, just never going to a mic again. And I run sometimes when I do material, it's like, you can test it out on the internet. That's yeah. a mic, a bit, you know, and a, and a more honest one for sure. It's like, people are going to be like either ha ha ha, or they ignore it or they hate it. And that's whatever. It's fine. And I, um, was the last thing I was gonna say or I or I just I run stuff by friends of mine who I trust and like workshop over the phone instead of like going to a mic where people are disengaged anyway and they don't really care and then you throw out a but I would lose confidence when I went went to mics sometimes and then like I would be bad on my show because I just bombed at a mic whereas if I didn't go to that mic then I probably would have done well at the show because because to me like confidence is like 90% of it I I mean obviously writing is there too but it's like no I'd say it's more like 60 confidence 40 writing it's like if you're just so I I try to do as little as possible to shake my confidence I try to like live a life where I'm like uh, where I do things that remind me that I'm good and and I you know because I just can't be in that zone where I'm like I suck. This person thinks I'm suck. I bombed in front of this comic. I just can't deal with yeah. that mentally, you know? Totally. So. And that segues actually really well into a question we like to ask all of our podcast guests. Do you have any advice for anyone who's uh, looking to get into comedy or conversely, what's the best advice you've ever give, get uh, received? Been, not Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Been given. 
um, really think about what you enjoy doing and what makes you happy in, in performance, you know, cause that's the huge thing that I also thought about during the pandemic. Cause I was kind of at a crux. I was like, okay, comedy is really stressful. I have to decide what, if I'm in this or if I'm not in this, you know, and actually the pandemic kind of came at a good time for me, you know, <laughs> what a blessing. Um, <laughs> I, because I was at a crux. I was like, I could quit or, or, or I can keep going. Um, but I thought about, okay, like, what do I really like about it? I really like being on stage and I really like performing and I really like, like creating um, just, and I, and I like making videos and like weird characters and that's what I really like doing. So obviously you, you just have to think about like what you enjoy and don't do something that you think you're supposed to do. I think that that's a big thing too. People are like, well, this person's doing this. Okay. But if, but then do that, if that's something that you want, or if that's something that you like doing, you know, I try to really remind myself, I like playing music. I like singing. I like doing stand up. How can I bring all those things together and make that happen for myself? So that's one thing is I think just think about what you like and not what you're, you should be doing or you think is cool or whatever. I don't know. So, and then what's the other question? What's the well, best kind of an either or, but you can do both. Yeah. I mean, th- th- <laughs> I would say that's the best. And then the, be- the other advice is like, stay around people that you, that are ambitious and also like ambitious, st- strategic and good people. Hard to find, I think all, <laughs> all three, you know, but I try to stay around like my friends who are also ambition, ambitious, pushing me, pushing, you know, pushing each other, working together. Yeah. W- collaborate with people you really like, use trust and respect. Um, who are also kind of like going for similar things as you're going uh, that you're going yeah, for. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there's such a value in being like, you just like having your people and like, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I say that I don't talk to Carly, I actually do. Breaking <laughs> <laughs> news on the podcast. <laughs> the truth comes out. But it's nice. You know, you have like a friend and you're like, Hey, I'm having a crisis over my career career here yes. and it's like we're all you know people you trust and like totally are like it's like you know they're also having the same crisis oh my god every I'm always having a crisis and I do confide in like very close friends of mine who are comedians also and who yeah. are similarly having a crisis right but then it's like you bring each other up and you help each other and I also try not to like talk about my crisis with people I don't I'm not close with yeah for sure like I try not to be like like having it, you know, a breakdown, like a, <laughs> like at some try not show to have a breakdown or... in front of strangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try not to break down in public. I'm like so unique in that way. <laughs> really brave. Yeah, um, I'm really brave. I try to give it to myself, you know. So that's another part of it is like yeah. what you said. Yeah, confiding. Well, also, yeah, yeah. Well, also, so sorry. You go. I keep talking over you, and you're talking. You know, I'm. I've talked so much. Someone else talked. I was like, I'm gonna talk now, but it's actually probably someone else's turn. Well, I, I, I'm good. So whatever. <laughs> I got nothing over here. <laughs> Carly, you I, talk. I, I was just going to say, I think it also speaks well to knowing, like having your people within the field that you can turn to and vent to because people outside of it are people who weirdly don't have one of those three things like they aren't ambitious or they aren't like strategic about it. You're like, oh my God, it's stressing me out so much. And they're 
advice to you is like, yeah, so just like take a break. And it's like, yes, it's always like, that. no, yeah. it's always that. And yeah, it's like, no, I don't think can't... break is the answer here. I think I need to realign. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's always realigning and like reevaluating what your next move is, yeah. you know, um, and asking for advice from people who are doing similar things to you. That's yeah. important. Yeah. Like, because other that, people will do this all the time. They'll give you so much unsolicited advice in comedy and outside of comedy. I never listen. I never engage, especially if they're outside of comedy. I'm like I, the audacity that some people have <laughs> to like give you unsolicited advice about comedy when yeah. they're like an accountant. It's like, literally, you know, yeah. I, I can't believe it's, and it's like, it can be like, you know, family sometimes and whatever. I, that's another thing that I do. I respectfully um shoot down what they have to say <laughs> like I'll be like well this happened kind of recently to me actually I was at some family thing or whatever and they're like okay well you we want to think about like lifestyle you know what is your lifestyle with with comedy and because I also have a job like I work from home and um you know and I was like you know I'm I'm actually really not uh prepared to have a, a conversation about this right now but thank you. Mm-hmm. I shut it down and they get really uncomfortable and it's kind of fun to, <laughs> to watch. And because that's the thing, when people are giving you unsolicited advice, it's so much more about them than it is about you. Yeah. It's like them being like, well, I it's, it's them wanting to feel like they're your savior or they're like, they got a leg up and they got some, you know, know how to live. And it's, it's way more them wanting to feel in control and kind of powerful and kind of like a little power trip. And it's sad. I don't realize that. Um, but I try to remember that. And so I don't engage with unsolicited advice. I shoot it down very respectfully. And then, but then I often do like walk away. (laughs) if They're like, kind of like assaulting me with advice that's related to their own path and has nothing to do with me, you know? So, okay. I've been monologuing about unsolicited advice. I'm, I'm just as bad as they are. No, <laughs> we asked you for yours. It actually was quite solicited. Actually. Yeah. Oh, that's the advice that we, that you I have been given. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, that's usually, it happens on dates all the time too. You're on a date yeah. and the guy's like, well, why don't you just like call Lauren Michaels? I was like, well, okay. You know, we're just like, it's just no concept of like, anything. yeah, like you're right. I should do that. Thank you. Um, yeah. That was yeah. actually, I don't know why I didn't think of that myself. I know. Okay. I'm like, I'm so stupid. dumb. They got yeah. here. <laughs> I'm like, it's so stupid. What would I do without you? Now I'm smart. Yeah. What would I do I'm without staying. you? My mentor, my lover, my friend. So yeah, I think we are at the end of our time now, but before we go, is there anything you want to promote shows, social media, anything? Yes. Um, Yes, please come to my show on uh, June 4th at Asylum, Sex Witch the Musical. Um, I hope you guys come out. It's going to be really fun. And I have Hannah Dickinson opening, great comedian. She's super funny. And yeah, it's going to be fun. And yeah, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter at MagsLals, M-A-G-S-L-A-L-S. That's it. Okay, well, thank you so much for being here. Thank Thank you, guys. 
Thank you for listening to Laughing Your Mask Off. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a good review. To keep up with our hosts, follow Catherine at Catherine.Cowan and Carly at Carly Palestina on Instagram. See you next week.